Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. If you're new around here, Tin stands for Travel Industry News, and on today's full episode, we're going to cover some of the biggest stories from this month. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. We've got a lot to cover, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. Yes, we do have some juicy articles today, and I would like... When to- do we not have juicy <laughs> articles? true, but today they <laughs> seem extra juicy. I want to start with this article from Travel Pulse called Post-Pandemic Travelers' Values Have Shifted, Study Shows. And the study was done by Expedia Group. And if you have the time to go read this article in full, I do recommend it because it is juicy, as I mentioned. (laughs) So it says that this new search from Expedia Group reveals that the pandemic has triggered a shift in people's viewpoints, priorities, and preferences when it comes to travel. The study examined consumer attitudes and motivators across several specific segments of the industry, lodging, vacation rentals, air travel, car rentals, and cruise travel. Um, They questioned 8,000 people across eight countries in order to understand the impact of the pandemic on traveler behavior and how COVID-19 will continue to influence booking decisions. Um, So some of the results are that a high percentage of consumers are budgeting more for travel, are willing to adopt vaccine passports, and will continue to seek guarantees of their personal safety and financial security. They also demonstrated an increased inclination towards selecting travel providers and experience experiences that closely reflect their personal values. And I have noticed during the pandemic, and especially because I follow so many travel advisor Instagram accounts, um, a lot of advisors really are sharing more of themselves. They are getting into stories and you're of course an expert on this and they are sharing their values. Like when I see certain people, I know that's a mom and she really is into experiential travel and she helps family, you know, like I'm getting that sense and it's really great. And that's what all of us should be doing. I mean, I know we have to remain neutral in a lot of ways, but you can still be expressing your values and getting more personal, I guess I would say, so that people know you. People want to work with people. And so that is such a difference from booking online is when you, even if you've only seen this person in their Instagram stories, you can still get a sense of who they are. Yeah, it's such a great tool for advisors to use, to show their personality, to let people hear what your voice sounds like and see what kinds of experiences you personally enjoy or you like to book. And you can even share what kind of clientele you have because your potential clients could see themselves working with you. And I think that's one of the important aspects of social media. It's not sharing pretty photos without you in it and Mm -hmm. just talking about a certain destination. It's truly sharing value. And part of that value is sharing who you are. Yep. I notice people will post articles about things like why you shouldn't ride elephants in Thailand, Mm -hmm. or maybe why 
swimming with the dolphins isn't really a, a wonderful idea. And those are the kinds of things that certain people will connect with. And yes, it will turn some people off, but you have to ask yourself, are those your people? Right. Um, but definitely sharing more of yourself, who you are and what you believe in. I personally think it's a good idea. And this article has validated my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think Instagram stories and, um, and I personally like Instagram stories a lot because I feel like I can truly express certain things a lot better than in an actual post on Facebook, for example. Um, and when I post on Instagram stories, it automatically cross posts to Facebook stories. So yeah. people can still see it when they're on Facebook, but it gives you a platform to share certain important talking points, whether that's like this one thing is really important to keep in mind, like make sure you pay attention to bringing your original vaccine cards yeah. or here is what's going on in whatever country. So it's a great way to to disseminate information without that high pressure situation of needing to make it perfect. Right. It's gone in 24 hours. It's beautiful. Yeah. You can make some mistakes. Um, <laughs> so they were ranking the relative importance of different travel related values that are influencing consumers decisions to buy right now. And some of those were the ability to get a full refund. Definitely seeing that. I'm selling a lot of cancel for any reason cashback policies. Atypically low pricing popped up, which that seems odd to me because there are no steals to be had right now. But maybe it's just something people express would interest them. Mm -hmm. um, contactless experiences, environmentally friendly policies, enhanced cleaning and disinfection, flexible booking change policies, and premium benefits and upgrades. Um, but a few things that stood out to me in this article are um, that travelers are planning more frequent, shorter trips, which is interesting because we saw an article where people were planning for longer ones. So it might just be this group of people. Um, I've been seeing both though. So I think both things could be true depending on the client. And they're also booking a lot of domestic, although like in the short term, mostly domestic, as we look further out, more and more people are looking at international on our saying they are comfortable with the concept of a vaccine passport to facilitate that travel. And then also people are kind of prioritizing new and interesting experiences, novel experiences, nostalgic destinations, obviously just having a vacation, which we always, we often talk about the difference between a trip and a vacation and people are looking for a vacation. They want to break. They're also booking closer in. So a lot of them are booking within 60 days. I may actually be pulling that out of my head from a different article that we're going to talk about today, but it, but it applies here. Yeah. I feel like I'm seeing a shift in that within the past few days, mainly because of like all this news coming out um, of like the Delta variant and all that stuff. So for a while, I feel like I was seeing bookings within 30 to 60 days, but now people who were interested in traveling sometime this fall they are kind of changing their minds on that. They're like, we're just nervous that things will shut down again and then we have to cancel our trip. So they're not wanting to cancel the trip. So instead they're just pushing it out until next year. And 
who knows what's going to happen next year, but to them, like mentally, it's a safer bet that the trip will happen. Yep. And one last really interesting point from this article that I liked was it said that um, people are really prioritizing their vacation time. So 36% even said they would trade a pay raise for more vacation days. And they're also just kind of upping their budget and making travel a financial priority. So although it is a tough time to be a travel advisor in terms of logistics, I'm kind of liking this trend where people are really valuing um, vacations and trips and, and the actual experiences that they're going to have. And also we'll see it in another article today, just um, supply and demand is really in our favor in a way that I haven't seen during my <laughs> career. So, uh, but that is a really great deep dive into what people are thinking right now. It's some good mm -hmm. insight in there. Yeah. Um, in terms of people booking more vacations, but they're shorter, I see that a lot with my clients who are the younger, busy professionals because they have a lot of PTO saved up mm -hmm. from not traveling last year and just they're still accruing them, but they're not able to use them all at one time. So, you know, I think the max for most companies is like two weeks at a time. You can't travel for more than two weeks at a time. So, you know, I have a client where like they're going on their third trip this year next month because they just have a PTO, but just, they just couldn't get away for, yep. you know, that, that long of a time. So yeah, it's really interesting to see where things have been heading since COVID. And I feel like I'm continuing to like sit on pins and needles because A, that's my personality and B, like <laughs> the industry is just not stable. So that's, that's exactly the right way to say it. <laughs> unstable is the Very word. unstable. <laughs> we need more stability, mm -hmm. but I don't think we're going to get it for a long time. And we're just gonna have to deal with that by constantly staying stressed. So it's our norm, but yes. that's just me talking. <laughs> don't do that by the way, <laughs> manage the stress. <laughs> um, so we've got managing things. This one article from travel market report it's titled Managing Client Expectations is Critical in Current Booking Environment. And I think we have definitely touched on this. Hammering it So home. many times, yeah. <laughs> like getting ahead of everything. Because even if you have regular clients, the way that we are interacting with them now is a lot different than pre-COVID, for example, like the turnaround times on custom FITs, or even the time it takes to put one together. I know for a lot of the TOs um, in Europe that I've worked with, they are taking a bit longer because a lot of their staff is still furloughed and they are just now, you know, within the past couple of months, like reopening. Yep. So they're, you know, not just the tour operators, but also, you know, the hotel staff, the tour guides, like so many different things. Um, there's so many different factors play into getting things back in terms of like changes or revisions or whatever. Like it just takes a lot of time. So one of the things that this article talks about is you need to prepare the customer for a different kind of experience with working with you because it's not going to be like, you know, we're going to get it the next day, like 24 yeah. hour turnaround time, you know, pre COVID my Italy TO 
did a one week itinerary in less than 24 hours because they were going to leave within like 10 days. It was super last minute. I'm like, I need this. Mm -hmm. you. And they did it. But now there's no way. There's no way something like that could happen so quickly. Um, so they set the expectation up front by letting their clients know that it's going to take a lot longer for information and confirmation. They compare it to what it's like right now in terms of where we live locally. Things are taking a lot longer, yep. like eating out at restaurants or getting any kind of service anywhere. And for the most part, I feel like we are very understanding of that. And it's important to let people know that in other countries, they're experiencing the same thing trying to get back, trying to get back to normal. Um, another expectation to set is that airfare is going to be very pricey. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been checking Europe airfare for clients for next spring, three weeks, and nothing has changed with the pricing. It hasn't gone up, it hasn't gone down, but it's much higher than it was pre-COVID. So it's, it's definitely something to keep your clients um, make your clients aware of because my client was like, well, last year when we booked it, the, the airfare was like $800 or something for a premium economy or whatever it is. And it's not that anymore <laughs> for next spring. So, right. There's a, an advisor that is quoted in this article that says like, when she starts the conversation about a destination, she's looking up, the, she asks, have you looked at airfares to, to kind of gauge if they even know what they're getting into yet? And if not, that's the first thing she does is say, this is what the air is looking like and kind mm -hmm. of like, do you want to proceed? I have several people traveling to Europe uh, spring and summer next year, and they're all ready to look at air. And I'm afraid to tell them what I'm seeing, mm -hmm. um, but not just air, even cruises, like certain destinations like Hawaii. I had a request for, you know, NCL Pride of America is the only one that does the Island Hopper cruise. They can only go these certain dates. So it was very easy for me to look up um, $4,000 per person to start. Oh, That's the bottom. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to just email her and say, these are, this is where the prices are starting because I don't want to sink a bunch of work into it. it. I mean, I almost passed out. I'm pretty sure she's going to be like, uh, no, but I, I just had someone contact me too about a, a honeymoon in Hawaii. I was like, when? <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> how much money do you have? <laughs> yeah. Are you willing to be flexible with your budget? <laughs> like maybe Hawaii is your five-year anniversary trip. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I mean, being flexible and um, this article also says being creative is important. And I know I'm letting my clients know that it's really crucial for you to be flexible right now because anything can change. And not just COVID related. I have clients who are heading out to Yellowstone and Jackson Hole and Grand Tetons over the next few days. And one of their activities was kayaking on Jenny Lake mm -hmm. out in, near Jackson Hole. And unfortunately, they can't do it because there's a crazy drought happening and they had to drain the lake to water the crops for the nearby farms, Ooh. not COVID related, but the water levels are too low for any kind of water activity. So we had to be flexible pre COVID and now more so with everything happening. I feel like people often forget that there are other things that can impact travel aside from yeah. the pandemic. So, um, you know, we were, I worked with the TO out there. So we were just like 
creative and figuring out like, what can we give them instead? We don't want them to feel like they missed out on something. So it's important to be flexible. And oftentimes the alternative you put in might actually be something the client was like, Oh, I didn't realize I wanted to do that, but now you have no choice. You have to do it. Otherwise you have nothing. So it's like they do it and they really love it. So, um, that's another thing. And also acting fast on booking. So it's like, if I present this to you today, just know that availability and pricing will change rapidly rapidly. And what you want might not be available anymore if you wait too long. And that's not a sales ploy for urgency. That's like the reality of what's happening right now. I've had to really sort of numb myself and remove all emotions when I'm just giving people information that I don't have any control over. Like Mm -hmm. that's no longer available. There are no more club rooms. There are no, you know, that flight is no longer, whatever it is, I can't, I've, I've stopped worrying myself about it because I can't do anything about it. And I've sort of gone to this Zen place where I'm just like, here are the facts. Here are the options. How would you like to proceed? Yep. I, I wanted to say too, and I'm sure she's listening. She's going to strangle me. One of my team members yesterday was stressed out mainly because the supplier was nasty and dismissive to her, but she's nervous for some clients that are going to Iceland in March and making sure that there's time for testing if they need it and what's the plan. Like if we have to shuffle tours, which are often non-refundable and they're just kind of like, no, and don't worry about it. And just not at all helpful. But I also had to explain to her, like, there is no plan. It is impossible to make a plan for March Mm -hmm. now. And nobody like, we want to be the authority for our clients. Like, I know sometimes we ask ourselves, like, if I can't answer these questions, then what am I good for? But, but that's not the case. Like there are just certain things that cannot be planned for. Mm -hmm. And we cannot plan right now for March. We like the future is absolutely foggy. (laughs) We have no idea what's going to happen. And this is another thing where when we're booking trips like this, we have to prepare the client I'm not going to have solid answers mm-hmm. for what's going to be happening at that time. We are going to have to work it out. We're just going to have right. to shift and juggle and do what we have to do. Um, but it's hard for us because we want, we're used to, and we want to be able to answer questions. Here's the plan. Don't worry. Got you covered. But it just is not a possibility right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I feel like there are bullet points that I always have to mention in chatting with clients now. And luckily, almost all of them understand Mm -hmm. that this is where we are. And if you're not going to be willing to be flexible, then now is probably not the time for you to be traveling. It's okay. Um, And one of the other points in this article is deferring dream trips. You know, like, that trip may not work out for you. Like Hawaii. What, yeah. <laughs> like if what you want is not available, now is not the time for you to go. It's kind of like a beggars can't be choosers scenario. Like mm-hmm. you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, in this article, uh, an agent is quoted with saying that she's refusing to book Europe for this summer or fall. 
as a professional, I would just say no. I can't do that to anybody. You can go into Rome, but nothing may be open. I don't want anybody to be totally disappointed. And, you know, it's important to tell people things are not going to be open the way they were pre-COVID. Like you're going to experience some kind of change (laughs) in terms of experience. And, you know, now certain countries are requiring proof of vaccination to go into certain indoor spaces. So there's that level of um, detail that you have to let your clients know about. Exactly. I think that's a fair choice. We all have the Mm -hmm. choice to book what we feel comfortable with. I'm so happy when people give me an inquiry for 2022 and I'm less excited when it's for this year because I just have so many worries, but tons of people are traveling successfully. I'm traveling successfully. It's just like more of a comfort level when they're asking for 2022, but if they want to go this year, I'll do it. But I do think it's very fair for an advisor to say, I can't invest my time in that right now. Right. Right. Well, This next article is another great study from American Express um, about how each generation is traveling this summer. And I thought it was interesting for us to understand these trends depending on who our clients are. Mm -hmm. So um, the research found that four in 10 U.S. consumers have already traveled this summer and nearly one third of Americans have spent more on travel than usual at 35% more. However, a majority of people, 60%, still plan to take at least one more vacation in August with 47% planning to travel more than usual before the start of the new school year. So that's some nice research. All right. So millennials and Gen Xers are more likely to travel with family, while most boomers plan to travel with significant others, and many Gen Zers are looking to travel with their friends. Family reunions, friends trips, birthdays, and anniversaries are the top experiences that Americans plan to travel for this summer. When it comes to fall travel, more than 6 in 10 consumers indicated they want to be more intentional with their paid time off and plan to schedule time off for a vacation rather than taking days off with no plan to maximize their time. So that's prioritizing vacations again. Interestingly, it's so funny, I'm, I'm laughing at my refusal to get on board with booking a ton of domestic travel, but Bottom line is Florida, California, Texas, New York, and Illinois were the top flight destinations based on American Express booking data, while the top rental car destinations were Orlando, Los Angeles, Denver, Miami, Dallas, and Boston. So this was the statistic I was thinking of. Regardless of the destinations, travelers are booking close to their travel date with approximately two-thirds of hotel bookings for travel within the next 60 days. And then in terms of what they're looking forward to internationally, Europe, the Caribbean, oh, those two, Europe and the Caribbean are the places travelers are looking forward to visiting the most followed by Asia and South and Central America. So just some quick stats on what people are booking right now. Yeah, I feel like I really embraced domestic and Caribbean travel during COVID because those are the only places that were open for people to travel to. And of course I did Caribbean here and there, but it wasn't like my main focus. Um, But once things started opening up, I felt myself mentally no longer wanting to deal with domestic and Caribbean anymore. (laughs) Just like I am done. I, you know, we hung out for a while. It was fun while it lasted, but now I'm not to say that I wouldn't take on any of those inquiries, but it's like, now that I know 
Europe is possible again, I'm just less likely to feel like I want to market again for domestic and Caribbean travel. I I have always, and I'm sure we'll always book a lot of fun and sun cruises, Caribbean, Mm -hmm. all-inclusive packages, Uh, just never have done a whole lot of domestic. And when I do it, I don't enjoy it. So I just, I'm like, I'm just not, not going to force myself. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on the train of many of us advisors. Like, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like for well, sure. With, um, <laughs> with other suppliers like Rocky Mountaineer and like Globus and Trafalgar well, yes. doing, and also there are like river cruise lines in the U S as well. Um, but you know, for those where it's easy yeah. pre-made vacation, sure. No yes, problem. Like I'm okay with that. And, the experience, I, I, you know, those are suppliers where I know they're going to offer a great quality experience. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but these days, like, oh, we want to do like a weekend and whatever. <sighs> well, I guess since we know each other, but it's not <laughs> something super exciting, you know? Yeah. Not, not my favorite for sure. But I thought those were interesting statistics to know. Um, I believe we have excess baggage next. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Age West, there's no clear sign of when U.S. borders will reopen yet. Despite prolonged calls from the travel industry for the government to lift travel regulations that bar most of the world's population from visiting the U.S., The White House said on Monday that it will not lift any existing restrictions in the short term due to concerns about the COVID-19 Delta variant and the rising number of cases in the summer. I mean, in the U.S. (laughs) where it got summer. Uh, Travel Weekly reports that pandemic restrictions on Florida-based cruise ships are no longer in place after a ruling July 23rd by a federal appeals court. While the CDC continues to fight a Florida lawsuit challenging regulations. Ooh, I'm way off. Last weekend's temporary stay had kept the CDC regulations regarding Florida-based cruise ships in place while the CDC appeals the June decision by U.S. District Judge Stephen Miriday. Those regulations can no longer be enforced but can still be used as guidelines. But another article from them says that no matter how courts rule, cruise lines intend to follow CDC guidance. Travel Post reports that sargassum arrival in Quintana Roo is expected to decline between August and September. They also report that MSC Group will develop the first ocean-going hydrogen-powered cruise ship. Travel Agent Central said that Frontier Airlines will make its inaugural flight to Antigua on December 4th. The service will operate once weekly on Saturdays with flights to Antigua from its base at the Orlando International Airport. Another one from them says that Pleasant Holidays and its luxury brand Journeys have announced the expansion of their Mexico product portfolio with two new destinations, plus more than 20 additional resorts in their most popular beach resort areas. Areas. I'd be drunk by now. The addition of Merida and Isla Mujeres brings the company's Mexico portfolio to 18 destinations, offering more than 300 hotels and resorts, including all-inclusive, adults-only, and family-friendly options. According to Travel Market Report, Las Vegas Las Vegas's mask mandate is back. The governor has imposed a new mandate that will require everyone to wear masks indoors in counties with high rates of COVID-19. Another one from them reports that the U.S. State Department and the CDC issued new travel advisories Monday for Cyprus, Portugal, and Spain, citing surging case numbers in all five countries. 
The highest level of travel advisories, level four, was issued for Cyprus, Portugal, and Spain, strongly, strongly urging U.S. citizens to avoid all travel to those countries, even if fully vaccinated. Similar warnings were issued for travel to Britain last week. And let's end on a high note, as usual, with a headline from afar that states Venice no longer risks losing UNESCO status. And that's it for a really rough excess baggage. While Kareen catches her breath and untwists her tongue from (laughs) trying to read these articles, this is just a reminder that all our articles can be found in our show notes in case you guys want to do some additional reading. Um, Going into the second part of our full episode, I kind of want to talk about destination-specific news and knowing full well that this is constantly changing, but a lot of new things have come out within the past few days, including the news that um, England is reopening. England and Scotland are reopening for fully vaccinated tourists from the U.S. and the EU. So Travel Pulse has an article on this, as well as Travel Age West. Um, So previously, any traveler to the UK, you had to quarantine for 10 days with like intermittent PCR tests in between. And so it was a huge deterrent for people going to the UK. And um, now with the lifting of this quarantine requirement for vaccinated travelers, they're hoping that it'll bring more tourists into the country. And they say that Americans are the big, one of the biggest source of tourists. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the case for every country out there. I feel like we just want to go someplace all the time. Um, so with this reopening, they're hopeful. Um, and so they, similar to that one, um, what was it called? Like safe travels. It was like some kind of designation for like a certification. I don't know if you remember the name. It was like safe travels something. Wasn't it Hawaii? Oh, no, not safe travels. It was with WTTC. It was like a mark that a resort could get. I can't remember the name of it, but I do know what you're referring to. Yeah, it was like a green seal or something. Yes. But, you know, Britain, the Visit Britain um, organization, they said that 50,000 businesses have signed up for the quote unquote, we're good to go mark. which was an industry standard that launched last year. So the mark indicates that businesses are adhering to the respective government and public health guidance. They've carried out a COVID-19 risk assessment and they've, they have the required processes in place for visitors. So they're ready. They're ready for people to go and visit again. Um, And so this news comes just a few days after the Biden administration announced that the U.S. will not lift any of its existing inbound travel restrictions due to concerns about the spread of the Delta variant. So, you know, there is that slight challenge there that it's not going to be like free flowing from both countries to the other. But I feel like we're making progress. Well, plus the State Department just lifted them to a level four and is telling us not to go there. And actually, on that note, I think a common challenge i'm sure that a lot of us are seeing they just lifted spain and portugal to level four and a couple cyprus i think maybe a couple other places i got an email yesterday from a client who's doing a transatlantic cruise that starts in barcelona immediately like will the cruise line give me a full refund since because of this advisory and it's always difficult to explain to clients that no um, because most of the world is under level four 
And, and quite, you know, I mean, pre-pandemic, Mexico was almost always at a level four and the suppliers will not offer you a full refund or let you out of your cancellation penalties for that reason. That's hard for them to hear sometimes, mm-hmm. but, um, but they are not constantly watching these advisories and understanding that's like a constant slew of up and down and level three, level four. Um, but that is definitely something tricky to navigate. Luckily, he didn't rip my head off for being the messenger. <laughs> well, I always remind people like, hey, you know what level the U.S. is at for other countries? Yeah. We're pretty high. Like our yeah. numbers here are quite high as well. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, so with these travel restrictions or the quarantine restriction being lifted, um, this one Travel Pulse article says that travelers from the EU and U.S. will still need to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test before departure and soon after arrival in England. So you still will need to get tested on day two, I believe, but you won't need to be quarantined if you are vaccinated. Um, so unvaccinated travelers will still need to quarantine. Yeah. I actually know someone who lives in the U.S. but is from Britain, and she went to visit family and actually gave kind of like a blow-by-blow of all of the testing during the quarantine, and it was crazy. So I would say you probably don't want to do it unless you're vaccinated. Well, so I feel like different people take things a different way, and my mom is listening, so she knows when to use her as an example. When she went to Taiwan... Um, she has a Taiwanese passport, so she had to quarantine for two weeks in a government-approved hotel. And they give you three tiers of hotels, the budget, the mid-range, and the luxe. So she chose mid-range, and for mid-range, it looked really good. So she stayed at the hotel for two weeks, and they give you food like three times a day and people in the city can like if you know if your family there they can drop stuff off at the hotel for them to give to you so in addition to the three meals a day that she would get um people just brought her like juices and snacks and all that stuff and um you know you pay for this in advance but it's a set rate per night depending on which hotel tier you chose and i thought my mom would be super bored she loved it She's like, all I did all day was watch movies on TV, played games on my phone, took a nap. And she was sad when the two weeks was coming to an end. And I know personally, I would go crazy, but she loved it. So not saying that this is a great way to spend your vacation, but. Hey, maybe if you need a break from the world, (laughs) that would be one way to get it. Quarantine sounds great. Thank you. (laughs) Whoa. Um, well, I think in the interest of time, we should maybe cover the Hawaii article. Oh, yeah. This one is from Travel Pulse as well. It's titled, Hawaii's Safe Travels Program Won't Likely Be Lifted Anytime in 2021. I know previously the governor was saying that once they've reached 70% vaccination in Hawaii, they would lift the Safe Travels Program. But right now... You know, they're rethinking it because Dr. Tim Brown, an infectious disease modeler and senior fellow at the East West Center, he doesn't feel that it's a safe benchmark anymore, mainly because of the new variants that are happening. And Hawaii is such a small place and located so far from any other, you know, piece of land that 
I don't think they'd be able to handle any kind of spike in COVID. No, not for tourists and not for locals. And there's really no place to go for them to seek more medical help or get more hospital beds. Yeah. They have to do what they have to do to protect themselves. And I mean, they rely on tourism. So it's not Mm -hmm. like anybody wants this to be the case. It's, but just as you mentioned, they're so far away from everywhere. They can't afford it. It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they said, you know, the 70% number was perfect for the OG COVID. Yeah. You know, the first one. Yeah. But now with all these variants and not knowing, you know, what's going to happen with the, with the Delta variant being more transmissible, contagious, you know, all this stuff, they're not confident that they're going to be able to get rid of a safe travels program safely. Yeah. I know personally for me, the number of people that I know that have tested positive from Delta variant, it's crazy compared to what I knew personally during mm-hmm. what you call it the OG. Like it's just, it makes me think of world war Z, not that people are becoming zombies, but just the way it's ripping through so quickly. Mm-hmm. And you know, you only have so many hospital beds so right and one of the doctors here he advised that everyone should be vaccinated if traveling or at least get the pretest. yeah if you're not vaccinated you shouldn't travel right now because the risk of catching delta is so high people with the delta variant have as much as a thousand times the viral load so you know it's it's best i think to be safe like at least get the pretest done to make sure you don't have it or you're not spreading it because in addition to you not feeling well or you getting sick it's also the possibility of you spreading it to other people which is not what we want either yeah in a place where the infrastructure might may not support that oh well I would like to just quickly talk about one more article if that's okay and it's yeah. just uh, one from Travel Age West called How Viking Handled a Case of COVID-19 on Board a Recent Iceland Cruise. I know I'm getting a lot of questions from clients about what if this, what if that, all that stuff. Um, so this article, if you want to go read the whole thing, I think it's pretty interesting. And everyone on board, guests and crew were fully vaccinated as they currently require. And also a multitude of other protocols were in place for added precaution. So physical distancing, they were really big on. Um, There could only be four people in the pool, two people in a whirlpool. Temperatures were taken daily at digital kiosks. They were requiring masks as you are moving about and in the public areas, which people didn't really like. And I guess on the motor coaches, we were seeing people exercise their choice not to. The captain came over this loudspeaker and said, even though it's not Iceland's policy, it is Viking. So they were taking every possible precaution and there was still a breakthrough case. Everyone had to spit into a tube every morning to receive a non-invasive COVID test. And that's how they found it. Uh, They immediately did contact, contact tracing and informed and tested everyone who had been in contact with this person they were all negative, but this person did test positive twice. They did quarantining. They pulled it together. And the point is they contained it. And I've seen stories like this on other cruise lines as well, where they find one or two cases and they have successfully contained it, which to me is, 
I honestly can't imagine what would happen to the cruise industry if there was another outbreak. If a ship was not allowed to go into port because there was like, I think it could be the mm-hmm. death of the entire industry. They can't take a blow like that. So for me, I'm super excited to read news like this where it's like, okay, yes, it happened. Cause obviously it's going to <laughs> no matter what you do, but right. we managed to contain it. Unfortunately they did miss some ports. But overall, it was a really nice cruise, and the people on there were really impressed with how they handled it. So I just wanted to share that one. Yeah, I think we are going to be at a point where, I mean, coronavirus was a thing before COVID-19. That was a virus Mm -hmm. that was already out and about, just Mm -hmm. not this particular strain. So we're going to be living with COVID for maybe like forever, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just how are we going to manage this situation? What are the steps to deal with this? So we are not getting our lives turned upside down because, you know, someone has COVID, right? So unfortunately, I think a lot of people draw the conclusion that after all of those protocols, there was still a breakthrough case. So therefore, maybe all those protocols aren't necessary. But I see it as the opposite. Like even with what would have happened if they didn't have all of those protocols, mm-hmm, right. then we are talking about a potential actual outbreak that could be devastating. Mm-hmm. So I hope that people can see that those protocols are what protected them from a lot more positive cases. Right. That's just an opinion. <laughs> so tell me about, something you're loving right now. So I know a lot of folks know about the British baking show. Oh yeah. I live for it. So there are a lot of other British competition shows with the same feel. And there was like a flower arrangement one on Uh Netflix, but the most recent one that I watched and I did not know there, there were two seasons. So when I saw there was a second season after the finale of the first season, I was beyond excited. So the show is called The Great Pottery Throwdown, and it's on HBO. And when I tell you that it is so pleasant to watch and so fun, the setup is very similar to The Great British Baking Show. Very similar in um, you know the judges, like the comp- the different challenges they have to do, but it's just so stress free while there's competition going on. I mean, stress-free for me, not for the potters, but it's like, I like seeing people work towards a certain thing without yelling or trash talking or, you know, hair pulling all this other stuff. So that's what I've been loving. What about you? Well, I'm going to tell you, my, my parents are arriving on Monday for a month and my mother loves pottery. So this, we're going to be doing a little binge watch here. Um, She'll probably be like, Oh, so-and-so shouldn't have done that. This is a better method. Actually, she doesn't enjoy throwing clay. She likes slab work. But they do all kinds of work. Slab, coil. Can't wait. Yeah. All over it. I also have a television show. Uh, Ted Lasso season two was released. That's an Apple TV. And when I tell you. I don't have Apple TV. And I've been hearing all these things about Ted Lasso. I can, I love it so much. It it is, you will have a smile plastered so big on your face the entire Mm -hmm. time. It is so, 
if I could just have a channel that just did Great British Bake Off and Ted Lasso and then potentially this Great Pottery Throwdown, I would never be in a bad mood. It is just delightful. So if you need to pick me up, and it's short, they're like half hour episodes. I wish they were an hour. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's also actually set in Britain, but Ted Lasso is a soccer coach from the U.S., like Southern boy, who gets pulled in to coach a, I don't even know, I don't know, sports ball, major league, some, you know, like a real <laughs> soccer team. I, I don't I don't know how all that works. Uh, and also, again, me, sports ball, not a good match, however, still love this show so much. Although I will say if I was going to get into a sport, it would probably be soccer because these people never stop running the entire time. Like there's no constant whistle blowing and break taking and like all this stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. Anywho, if you have access to it, you need to watch it because it's just delightful. Uh, I might just get Apple TV temporarily so I can watch this show. Can you do a free trial? Maybe I'll have to look it up. I'm going to look it up. If I can, that's what's going to be happening. Okay. I feel like with all the streaming services, the same exact price as if I just had kept cable, you know? So it's like streaming services, get your act together. Like I have, let me see, Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Peacock, Fubo. Can't think of anything else that we might have, but there's many of them. And they, only show different things. It's like Fubo is only for sports yep. and you yeah. know, whatevs. <laughs> Do you have a destination on your mind this month? How about you go first? Okay. I know you do. <laughs> uh, I have been obsessing over France because we were invited to join some colleagues and fellow advisors on a river cruise, Ama no less, which I love, and Burgundy and Provence. And... I know it is not a good idea for me to go from a practical standpoint, but every time I think, okay, that's it. You're not going, shut it out of your mind. An article will pop up or something will pop up about France and even specifically that region. I'm like, stop it. Um, because I know I shouldn't do it, but I just <laughs> want to. So it's really been on my mind, even though I'm trying to shut it out. That was, so I was supposed to go on a river cruise in the Burgundy, Provence area pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was scheduled for end of March, 2020, and it had to be canceled. So it's a slight sore spot for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to head back there soon. Um, but the destination on my mind, I'm actually going to keep it domestic and say the west coast oh, but okay. specifically the pacific highway from like like northern california san francisco all the way through oregon and all the way up to seattle i feel like that particular area is something that i've always wanted to check out but i've never gotten out there you know because there's so many other destinations that are super exciting internationally but now i'm like you know I feel like I need to go out there. We have such beautiful scenery in the U.S. I want to go check it out. And I've never been to any of those destinations. So, I mean, I've been to Seattle. Um, but I think 
about that as well. That is one trip that I have planned several times and did not enjoy because it's always like best Westerns and you know, whatever. But um, I would love to drive it myself. And I mentioned that recently. And also this YouTube couple that I watch and mention frequently, um, Tim and Finn, they did a West Coast trip and they rented this adorable camper van. It looked like, like not a blue Scooby-Doo van, but it had the Scooby-Doo vibes you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, the writing on it was cool in like 70s. And I know, I don't think your camper van material. It's <laughs> got to be at least a quarter mil yeah. RV. <laughs> I gotcha. That expands out. Outs, yes, full yes. bathroom. Yeah. So, yeah, I saw a Will Smith one that was two stories that he had okay. on set whenever he uh-huh. shoots movies. Because he's too bougie for hotels. So he's like, I'm bringing my own RV. So yeah. I'm okay with those. I don't want to drive them, but I'm okay with Right, those. you have to have a driver or something like that. Well, yeah. I just thought it was the cutest thing. And I feel like if I rented the camper van, I would camp in like those big redwood forests and stuff like that where they have, you know, bathroom facilities and stuff. But then you could also just park it at a hotel when you want to. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, I would say I would not be down for camping anywhere in that particular area due to the high number of true crime episodes that I've listened to. Oh, also you have to be very bear aware. uh, A serial killer aware. (laughs) Because there's something in the water where most of it happens in the Pacific Northwest Mm -hmm. for some reason. It's all the rain. I mean, at least it's not Sacramento. I feel like that particular area had a really bad run with serial killers in the 70s and 80s. But um, yeah, definitely not a camper. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever told you this. One time I was camping and I don't know what I was thinking. I like to listen to a podcast as I fall asleep. So I'm Mm -hmm. in a tent and I decided to listen to my favorite murder as I was falling asleep. Well, I woke up in the middle of the night and had to go to the bathroom. So I was walking to the bathroom facility thing. And it's the first time ever that I would be like, (gasps) and turning, like suddenly turning around to check behind me. I was so paranoid. I was like, what were you thinking (laughs) won't make that mistake again yeah well at a certain point I'm just like you know what I've had the same kind of stress for a really long time if I'm going to be stressed maybe it's going to be a different kind of stress so it's like I'm bored like what do you want can I interview you if there's like a serial killer it's like let me chat with you for a second here like why did you pick me was it just convenience were you stalking me for a while um you know, it'd be like that. My sister always said, like, if I ever got kidnapped, they would just release me. Because she would just ask too many questions. Just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I like being chubby. No one's snatching me. <laughs> oh, that's why I eat extra cake. I'm just like, you know what? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative and entertaining. All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month only to get new emails about new <laughs> travel restrictions for stream. the next month. I mean, it, it never ends, but you know what? We're, we're just slowly picking at it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions or comments or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the Again, thanks for joining us in the Tin Lounge where you can learn a lot in a short amount of time.
you guys next week. Bye. Bye.